Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Hope you've had a great week this week. Um, you know what? We, we had a really special time last Monday uh, celebrating the life of Ruth. I just want to say thank you so much to those who were able to come together and those who were able to help with uh, afternoon tea and, uh, and, the, and the worship team. And it was just an awesome celebration of, of Ruth's life, but also her faith in Christ. And uh, just what a, what a celebration it was. There was about 150 or more people here in the room and about 300 online. I looked at last, the other day, there was heaps of people joining us online as well. And uh, just... You know, we, we have a glorious future to look forward to. Um, it's like, well, you're here. God's got a purpose for you here still. So just remember that. But we have a glorious future to look forward to and a, a, a confident hope that we can look forward to. Amen? Amen. Yeah, I'll grab the grab a pulpit. Thanks, guys. And uh, we're going to open up our Bibles straight away to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 and 13. Thank you, Lord. Actually, I was going to pray before we read together. Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you so much for your plans for us. God, I just thank you that you've known every single one of us since the beginning of time, Lord. You, you knew us. You've, you've, you've chosen to form us in our mother's womb, Lord. You've created us and you've given us gifts and talents and skills. And Lord, you know our heart, Lord. You know our minds. You know the choices we make, you know the, the thoughts we have. God, you know everything about us. And God, I just pray today that you would speak into our lives. God, I just thank you that by your spirit you can move in this time and just speak different things to different people in the way that you would want to do that this morning, Lord. We just pray for open hearts, open minds to hear you speak to our hearts, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Just thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. And Lord, just bring... Uh, godly conviction where we need conviction. God, give us uh, inspiration where we need inspiration. Lord, help us to see and understand the truth in, in, in new ways this morning, Lord. Just imagine like a, a diamond that's been just cut simply that God wants to just continue just to refine the shape of that diamond, which is your life. And he wants to, to allow the light to shine out of you in a, in a greater way that people might see his love and his light through you. Pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a really cool picture. I thank you, Lord. Yeah, let that be, Lord. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. It says this, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions. This is Paul speaking. Always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. I sort of read the NIV version of that passage from halfway through verse 12. It says, To continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. I'm going to read it one more time. Continue to work out your salvation 
with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. This morning I just want to spend a bit of time just unpacking this verse and thinking about this verse. Point number one, let's work out our salvation. How do we work out our salvation? First of all, we need to understand what salvation is. We need to know what it means to, to have salvation. Does it just mean to, to believe in God and be saved? Does it mean to be a friend of God? Uh, what does it mean to have salvation? You know, on, on Monday at the funeral, I shared a, a story. I asked people to imagine that uh, it's an unimaginable story, but I want to just let you imagine it too. Imagine that, that Ruth got caught for speeding at 180 kilometers an hour in a 60 zone. And none of us could imagine. Actually, it sounds, it sounds like one person could, but anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but imagine she gets pulled over and, and the consequence for that, that crime is six months jail. To, to have your freedom taken away from you because of the crime you've committed. And in the same way, salvation, we might think of as, as like the officer coming and saying, you know what, this, this crime has to be dealt with, but I'm going to put it down in my name and not in yours. And him taking the punishment for the imaginary situation that, imaginary situation that Ruth may have committed. But, but it's so limited in so many ways. That's not the full picture of salvation. It's a, it gives us a, a glimpse, a, a little minute understanding of what self and salvation means. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? God came to them and, and, and they hid, and then he took them out of the garden. But salvation is to, have, to be delivered from the consequences of sin, to be brought back into communion with God, to be, to be set free from the power of sin. And to understand salvation, we need to know the gospel and I wonder how well do we understand the gospel? How well, if someone came to you at, at work, in, at the lunchroom this week in, at work and said to you, you know what, I've been thinking about this whole God thing and I want to know, what's it all about? I've got five minutes. Give it to me. Tell me, what is the gospel? What is it you believe? Could you give them an, a, a clear picture of what the gospel is? So just to make sure you do, I'm going to get you to turn to the person beside you. Actually, I'm just kidding. I'm not, going to make you do, I'm not going to make you do it. I was tempted. But I don't want to make anyone feel that uncomfortable if you feel that uncomfortable. But I encourage you this week to have a think about, could I explain the gospel to someone in five minutes, in three minutes, in one minute? Imagine you're waiting for a bus, you're waiting for a train. Could you explain the gospel to someone in one minute and say, this is the gospel? Here's my effort at one minute. Okay, hang on. Look, let me just check the time. Uh, all right, so you're asking me, what, is, what, is, what do we believe? I believe that God created the world and that he, he made a perfect world. It, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. But we've all sinned. We've sinned. We have disobeyed God's command and it, it's caused brokenness to enter the world. But God so loved the world that he gave us his word. He gave us his word to explain who he is and what he is like and that he is faithful and that he is merciful and gracious. And in his mercy and in his grace, he came as a man, Jesus Christ, and gave his life as the, the sacrifice for our sin, to pay our death penalty. 
And now it's up to you and me. We have to respond and we have to choose, are we going to trust in him or are we going to trust in how, how good we can try and be? Oh, your bus is here. Sorry, you better go. <laughs> can we explain the gospel to those who need it most? Do we know the gospel in our own lives? Do we understand our salvation? You know, over the last 20 years, we've talked about as a church the five building blocks of the gospel. You've got to talk about God, who God is. We've got to talk about the Bible, that the Bible is the foundation of our, our faith. It explains who God is. We've got to talk about sin. If there's no sin, there's no need for a saviour. And you know what? Everyone knows that they've done the wrong thing. We all know in our heart that we have sinned and, and not lived up to God's glorious standard. As we talk about sin, then we can talk about the saviour, Jesus Christ. We've got to talk about God. We've got to talk about the Bible. We've got to talk about sin. We've got to talk about Jesus. But then we've got to talk about response. It's, it's not okay to just say, yeah, I believe in all that stuff. That's all good. I believe in that stuff. Yep. We need to respond. As Mike said about repentance, it's not just being sorry and saying, yes, God, I believe now. I'm sorry. I'm just going to do everything I've always done and not change a single thing in my life because I like it just how it is when I'm God of my life, not you. Salvation is understanding who God is, turning from sin and turning to follow Jesus. I want to turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It says this, verse 14 to 21. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through this, his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ, in, in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You know what? We, we want to understand salvation. We want to understand the gospel, but we can never fully grasp the, the width, the height, the depth of God's love for us. And if we think we've, we've, we've got our heads around it fully, if we think, yep, you know what, I get it now, we've, we've fooled ourselves. God's compassion, His mercy, His grace, we cannot possibly begin to, to plumb the depths of it all. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about in the series, what on earth am I here for? We've been talking about why do we exist? Why are we here on this planet? What are we here for? And we've talked about worship. We're here to be worshippers of God. We're called to be for the glory of God, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We've talked about fellowship. 
We've talked about how we are called to be worshippers who don't just worship God independently, but we would live in fellowship together, glorifying and, and, and living for the glory of God as a body of Christ. We're called to worship, we're called to fellowship, and we're called to ministry. We're called to serve one another, to bless one another, to help each other with our gifts and our strengths, and to help each other in the things that aren't our gifts and our strengths. If you missed Josh's message last week, I encourage you to go back and have a listen. It's a great message. This morning, I want to talk about that we are called to be disciples who make disciples. We are called to discipleship. We are called to grow in our knowledge of God, our understanding of Him, and to teach others also about this amazing grace that we have been given. We're called to worship, we're called to fellowship, we're called to ministry, but we're called to discipleship, to grow in Him, to grow in our knowledge of God, to to become more consistent followers of Christ every single day. Point number two, it's been given to you, now let it out. Salvation is a gift. It is given to those who put their faith, their trust in Jesus Christ. It's been given to you, now we are called to let it out, to let it be outworked. We're called to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And it's a process of letting the love of God transform us and shine out from us. You know, the, the, the backdrop we've got here of the cross, it's like the love of God comes out from the cross. If it, it, the love of God should transform us. If the love of God is inside of us, it radiates out of us. It's been given to you. Now let it out. Now, as it talks about continuing to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, it's not because we're afraid and unsure of our salvation. But if we don't see any evidence of the love of God in us, we have to ask ourselves, have we fully understood the love of God? I mean, we read some parts of the Bible, it talks about you, you say you're saved, but... Where are your works? You show me your love and I'll show you the works of my salvation. Other places it talks about, it's not about works, it's about faith. But faith and works go together. If we have faith, it changes us. I want to ask you, if salvation is so, so wonderful, what difference is it making in your everyday life? Maybe that's a confronting question to ask yourself. What If salvation is so wonderful, if you have understood the love of God, what difference is it making in your everyday life? Anyone ever left a tissue in your pocket and your clothes have gone through the wash? And maybe you've been doing the washing or or maybe some amazing, wonderful person. I love you, honey. Sorry you were at home today because you've got a runny nose. But uh, if, if, if you've ever had a tissue that's gone through the wash... What happens? It, it comes out. There we go. It just goes everywhere. It's like a snowstorm over all your clothes. One little tissue. It goes through the wash and suddenly you've got a snowstorm to deal with on all your clothes. Because what's inside comes out. What's on the inside makes a difference. And what's inside of us will make a difference. 
And to be honest, we can be molded, we can be shaped, we can outwork all kinds of different values in our life. We can do what our, our culture says and outwork the values of our culture, which I've got to say are totally different to the values of, the, of, of God's word. We can outwork values of tradition and, and do what tradition says. We can outwork the value, we can do what our emotions say to do. We can do what our, our, our reason, our logical brain tells us to do. Or we can do what God's word says and trust fully in God's word. Let's outwork the, 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 what God's word says, not just tradition and culture and, and people around us, but let's know God's word, grow in his word as disciples, continue to work out our salvation, fully understanding more and more what he has said for us to be and to do. Can I be really honest and say that I think as a culture, even as a, a, the church, we have in some aspects lost our, our sense of calling to holiness, I believe. As we look at the church worldwide, there, there's a, there is a, we can just be the church and do what we want to do and, and, and God has called us to holiness. And we can't just compare ourselves to one another and say, oh, I'm all right, I'm, do, I'm doing okay, I'll just do a bit of this, I'll just do a bit of that, I'll still love God. We've got to keep a, 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 a joyous, loving, desired commitment to holiness. I've been reading, reading a book by Spurgeon recently, a letter to, uh, lectures to his students, letters to his students, lectures to his students, I can never remember. Anyway, and I've got to be honest, it, it's confronting. It's kind of, this is the standard and we are not going to settle for less. And I've got to be honest, we can look at our, 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 our peers, our, our, our peers in our own time, in our own age, and just sort of get the feel of what we think is okay today. And we can drift so quickly if we just compare ourselves to one another. And I've been loving going back and reading Spurgeon, one of the world's greatest preachers, people might say, and, and hearing his heart's stirring about holiness. And as a church, we have been called to that. Let's have a look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28, just reading on from just before where Mike read. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. You hear that? To become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall, we, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Point number four this morning, we are called to become like Christ. That's God's desire for every single one of us, to become like Christ, to become more and more conformed to the image of Christ for his glory. You know, we've been created in the image of God. We've been created not just the temporary being who's here today and gone tomorrow and never to exist again, but we've been created to, to live on. We have a, a soul that will live on in one place or another. 
We've been created in his image. We have cre creativity. And you, you might say, well, some of us have more than others, Andrew. But we have creative, creativity in different ways. And we have, have a desire for a relationship. We're created for a relationship. We're created in the image of God. But God wants to continually, from our fallen sinful state, be, be Sanctified, we've been justified by faith, but we want to be sanctified, continually made more and more into the image of Christ. God's desire is that we become pure, that we would be loving, that we would be kind, that we would be courageous, that we would be faithful, but that we would be forgiving, that we would be joyful but that we would also be peaceful, that we would be peace bringers, peacemakers. God wants to make you more and more into the image of Christ. He is not done with me yet. He's not done with you yet. God has got a plan. He's out working in your life. I want to read from Philippians 2, verse 6. And guys, you haven't got it up there, so don't, uh, don't stress if you can't find it. Uh, Philippians 2. Speaking about Christ, it says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. I look at Christ in God's word and I say, God, help me be more like you. God, give me your humility. God, give me your love for people that I would lay down my life as you did for me. God wants to continually outwork his salvation out of you. He wants to continue to do his work within you and radiate his love out of you. I ask again, so what difference does salvation make in our lives? To be honest, I think it makes as big an impact as we let it. There's times in our lives when we know that Jesus is our Saviour. We know that He is good, that He is God, that He is faithful, that He has been kind and merciful to us. We know that He's our Saviour. There's times in our life where we just kind of get in a, a bit of a rut and we, we just kind of do life and we don't show the love of God to people, we don't show the mercy of God to people and we can just become like anyone else. But yet it's a process of letting God do his work in us. It says to continue your, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you. It's him that does it, but we have to work with him in the work. He works in you to will, to give you the desire and to act and the power to, to do his plans, to be in his plans. I just felt like this morning I just needed to say something about what you may have heard in the news even this week about uh, Hillsong's senior pastor Brian Houston. And I've got to say, it was so sad to hear that he's confessed to doing some things and, and not being wise in some of his choices and doing some things he shouldn't have done. 
And I've got to say that it grieved me so much to, to hear of that and to hear that he's resigned. And I think it's right that he did and it's right that they've accepted his resignation. And I feel for those people that were affected by that. You know, we are all human. And we are all able to do things that are so unwise. We are all sinners by nature, saved by grace. And we need to watch our life and doctrine closely. And we've, as I've been reading a few different articles, actually I'm really glad the first thing I saw was Hillsong's statement themselves. And I love the way they, they presented what they said. Um, and obviously over the last 20 years there's, there's been struggles in his life. I mean, I, I cannot begin to imagine what the pressures and things that were going on in his life. Try, I mean, his life he has given to try and help people know the love of God and, and hundreds and thousands of people every weekend are ministered to through the, the church there. But sadly, those things have, have caused such anxiety in his life that he, he's been on medication for that. And there's times when medical things, is, it's right for us to get medical help. Sometimes does, God does miracles medically. Sometimes he does them supernaturally in a moment. It's right that we get help sometimes. But sadly, he was mixing alcohol with those, those medications and he made some unwise choices. And for me, it just reminds me that we are all human. And we need to continue to work out our salvation every single day. You know, I give, I give thanks to God for the things that he's done to be able to help people hear the love of God. I've been blessed by his ministry. I'm sure you've been blessed by some of the songs that the church has written, if nothing else. And I want to encourage you to pray for them. Pray that, that as a church, that Hillsong Church might even just be sharpened to be all the more effective for God's glory through this time. Pray for Phil Dooley and others in the, in the organisation. If we want to be growing as disciples of Christ, four quick points as we come to a close. We need to focus on it. We need to focus on our salvation. When we get out of bed in the morning, say, God, thank you that I am a sinner saved by grace. By your loving mercy and grace, I am saved. And praise him for it. Thank him for it. Focus on it. Point two, thank God for it. It's not by works. It's not by your serving. It's not by doing more good things than bad. It is simply by his grace. Focus on it. Thank God for it. Celebrate it. Find time in your day to say, God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and grace. You know, this morning on the way to church, um, I can get in in focused mode of other things in my brain and I'm, I'm kind of w walking to church this morning. Um, I've already been out on a bike ride and enjoying the beauty of God's creation but then I'm like, okay, got to get to church, got to go and turn the, the, the coffee machine on for the guys and, and, and I'll do the things I've got to do when I get here and I'll suddenly think, Andrew, slow down. I'm like, and I just slowed down about three kilometres an hour in my walk and I looked around and I'm seeing the fog and I'm going, wow, God, your creation is amazing. God, help me not walk past the beauty of the things you've made and not appreciate what you have done physically in this world and spiritually for me. Focus on it. Thank God for it. Celebrate it on your own. Celebrate it with others. Come together, whether you're a part of a life group that meets every week or whether you can just at different times invite others to your home and say, hey, I just, just wanted to 
pray together. Can we, can we pray for each other as you gather together and celebrate the love of God, your salvation with other believers in Christ. Come together as the body of Christ. For those of you who can't be here this morning, we love you. Big virtual hug from us in the room right now. We'd love to give you a proper hug next week. If you can be here, please come and be in the room. It's so much, it's wonderful to have live streams, but it's so much not the same, is it? Let's celebrate it together. And point number four, let's continue to learn about it. Let's grow in our knowledge of God. Let's grow in our knowledge of His Word. You know, after Easter, we're looking at some different ideas of uh, some different training courses that we want to run to help people grow in their knowledge of God. And if you have a desire that you're just yearning to know God in a deeper way, I encourage you, open your word to start, not your word, His word, the Bible, open up a copy of His word. And if you don't have one, come and ask me for one after the service, we'll give you one. Open the Word of God, but come together and, and, and be taught and encouraged in the Word of God. Grow a deeper understanding of who He is. Let's not live on last year's revelation, but continue to, to grow in our knowledge of God. I've got two last scriptures I want to read. I'll ask maybe the band if they want to come. Matthew 28. This is a, a verse you've probably heard before, but I want to just encourage you to... to Hear this in a new way this morning. Just, to, just imagine it's the first time you've heard it. If you want to, you don't have to. <laughs> Matthew 28, verse 18 to 21. 20. <laughs> Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is straight after his, his death and resurrection. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, it doesn't say, therefore, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and just worship me. Therefore, go and just continually just enjoy time with me. It's like, that's good to do. But the final words of Jesus as he, before he, after his resurrection, he spends his time with the last words of the book of Matthew. Because him saying, therefore, go and make disciples. Teach them all the things that I've taught you. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And know that I am with you always. I'm going to help you outwork your salvation and teach others the truth as well. Last passage I want to read is from John chapter 8. And you might think, Andrew, why are you reading this passage right at the finish? Now we've been talking about making disciples. We've been talking about just reading Jesus' commands to go and make disciples. But I want you to hear and see Jesus at work while he was here on this earth. John chapter 8, verse 1 says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? 
They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And we don't know what he wrote in the dust. Maybe he was writing down the sins of those that were standing around that day. We don't know. In verse 9 it says, When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. I think Jesus just made a disciple. God help us to see people with the eyes of Jesus. God help us to see one another with the love of God. And when we see sin, we say, God help us to love that person. God help us to explain the love of God to that person so that they will go and sin no more, that the world will go, what has happened in your life? God has called us to be disciples, to become like Him. What a beautiful picture of the love of God that we have been called to as disciples of Christ. And we stand today, I just wanna pray for us together. Lord God, I just thank You so much for Your amazing love. God, we thank You. We thank You, we thank You, we thank You. We cannot thank You enough for Your mercy and grace. Well, it's by Your grace that we've been saved, that we have salvation. But God, I pray that You would give us a yearning, a constant desire to, to continually continue to outwork our salvation. To allow You to, to permeate every part of our lives, that we would become more and more like You. God, we want to say, God, we are sorry for the times when we have not been as we know we should have been. But God, our desire is to become more like You. Have Your way in us, we pray. In Jesus' Name, use us for Your glory, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' Name. This morning, if you're here and you've, maybe you've given your life to Christ years ago, maybe you've never given your life to Christ and you just, you're hearing about the love of God. You recognise that it's not just by your works that you are forgiven by God, but it's by faith in Him. And this morning, you want to just give your life to Him. I just encourage you to pray those, just pray those words and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. You took my place. If you pray that prayer and you mean it in your heart that you're turning away from living for yourself and you want to live for Him, the Bible says that you are set free, that you are saved, you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I want to just encourage you today, don't fall back on that decision. Make it your goal to continue to understand and grow in this decision. You might live for the rest of your life glorifying your Saviour in heaven. Others also might know Him through your life. What an awesome privilege. Thank you, Jesus.
We're going to finish with a song this morning because we're going to focus on Him. We're going to focus on Him. That's what I'm preaching on. Let's focus on Him and be changed. Thanks, team, as you lead us now.